Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope that you enjoy this message today. Um, this morning, I want to share from Psalm 51. It's um, one of David's famous psalms. And, uh, you know, David was a, was, a, was a singer, a songwriter. He was a worshiper. And he was a king. He was a prophet. And um, there was an unusual anointing upon David. You know, each of the prophets had a different mantle upon them. And, and David was a, a prototype. If you look at his life, he was a prototype of, of New Testament worship. That's what he was. He introduced New Testament worship into our world. And we've been singing his songs now for 3,000 years. And his songs came out of God moments in his life things that God did in his life. And Psalm 51 was like that, but it, was, it, was, it had to be the darkest moment of David's life. You know, David had had visitation of God. You know his story. He had a visitation of God when he was just a, a young teenage boy, and the hand of God came upon his life and remained upon him. The anointing of the Lord came upon him, and he began to operate in a supernatural way all throughout his life. He began to operate as a, as a warrior supernaturally. Amen. He did things beyond... His, his ability, in, in the same way that, that um, Samson had supernatural power that came upon him by the anointing, David had supernatural power that was on him that caused him to be a warrior. He also had supernatural anointing upon his life to, to, to write, to prophesy. He prophesied incredible, incredible detail about the Lord, the ministry of the Lord, about his earthly ministry, about his death, about his, about his heavenly ministry. An incredible prophetic anointing upon his life. And, and he was a singer. He would sing and, and he, would, he taught us about pouring out our hearts and worshiping God with all our whole being. Not just giving him lip service. You know, not just having a religious service with a nice whatever, but to pour out our hearts, to empty ourselves. We learned that from David. And in, in the midst of David's life, he had a, a horrible fall. He, he committed a, a horrible sin. He, he fell into to adultery with Bathsheba. Matter of fact, was responsible for her husband's death by, by a, a move that he made militarily on purpose to have his, her husband killed. And he, you know, t- two horrible, horrible sins against the Lord. And, and the prophet, Nathan, came and, and confronted him and, and spoke to him about, about this, these horrible, sinful acts that he committed. And David was convicted, and he, he began to repent. And he, he, rep- he repented, and out of his, his deep remorse over his sin. And he wasn't just sorry that he got caught. He was remorse over his sin. And we can see in, in, the, in the song that he wrote what it means. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna read this morning the psalm that he wrote out of that horrible experience. And we're going to use this today to prepare our hearts to prepare our hearts to receive from the Lord, to take communion together this morning and, and to drink of his blood and to eat of his body and to br- and bring ourselves back into, into fellowship. You know, that's the, the one thing that David had in a, in a different degree than anyone else before him had. He had a, a different kind of anointing and a different kind of access into the presence of God. The only one that had something similar was Moses. David had this access into the presence that was very unusual and it was New Testament-like. And the anointing was upon his life. And when he became under this, this sinful, when he came under sin and began to be convicted of his sin, the one thing that terrified him the most is that he might lose that. Amen. He might lose that. And that was, that was unthinkable to him. It was the worst thing that could happen to him for him to lose his intimacy with God. 
So let's look at his psalm, Psalm 51. David began to cry out, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of, of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be found, that, that you might be found just when you speak, just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in, my, in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. I mean, we could just take that one half of one verse and sing that to ourselves right into oblivion. Whiter than snow, whiter than snow, wash me and I will be whiter than snow. We could sing that all day long. Wash me, Lord, wash me, Lord, wash me, Lord, in the precious blood. Wash me in the waters of renewal, Lord, and I will be whiter than snow. Wash me again in the fountain, Lord God, filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. Wash me, Lord, and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. Make me hear, I can no longer hear the sound of joy and gladness. Sin has blocked my vision. Lord, let me hear joy and gladness once again, that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a steadfast right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit, do not take your anointing from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirits. Then I will teach transgressors, transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasures to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. You know, I want to just notice several of the verses here is in this incredible psalm. And, and you know, this, this song, people have been singing this song and reading this song and meditating on portions of this song, psalm for 3,000 years, and it's still as fresh as the day it was written, because it's written by the hand of God. These are words that minister life to our soul. If we hide our sins, if we hide our sins, it brings destruction into our life. If we expose our sins and confess our sins and turn from our sins, there's healing for us, restoration and recovery. It's what communion is about. 
It brings us back to that point. We, we check ourselves and we come back to that place of intimacy with God. We don't want to stray like David did. This spiritual man who was a, a prophet, a king, and a mighty warrior for God strayed and found himself in a horrible situation. We don't want to stray and bring the ramifications of sin upon our lives. Amen. Amen. So let's look at some of the, the first verse. David begins to cry out after he came under conviction. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. Oh, I love this. The word loving kindness, the word chesed, powerful Hebrew word. It means mercy reserved for the closest of family members. Lord God, have mercy on me like you would. You know, we, we, have, we give extra, extra, what's the word? Lenience. We, we give extra lenience to people that we're close to. Uh, yeah. Amen. You know, it's one thing. You see a stranger do something wrong and get convicted of a crime, but let it be, let it be somebody that's blood, somebody close. Before you know it, you're defending them, even if they're undefendable. Amen. Because that's the way we are. That's the way God made us, to defend our family and to stand up for people that are close to us. And David said, oh God, oh God, according to your mercy, or according to the mercy that you have for the closest of, uh, closest of family, have mercy on me, oh God. Lord, I need your mercy in my life. And then he goes on, he says, Lord, according to your tender mercies, which is another powerful word, the word rakam, and it's the, the love and the mercy that's extended to the womb, a mother loving and caring for her child. You know, if, you, if you've never noticed, a mom will defend her child. Oh yeah, how many children, people that are working in the school, how many times have the parents come in and gotten all up in your face when that child is wrong, everybody knows the child is wrong. But that mom is determined, determined to put it on the, on, the, on the students, on the teacher, on somebody else other than their special one because she's had mercy on that child since that child was in her belly. And she loves that child. And you know what, this, this, is, this is what David, David, David says, Lord, God, I've been, you've known me from my mother's womb. Lord, like the love that a mom has, the mercy that a mom extends to her baby boy. Oh, God, have mercy on my soul. According to your tender mercies, Lord God, have mercy on me. And he's, he's crying out to God. And he goes on, and he, he, he goes on, and verse number three says, because I acknowledge my transgressions. I acknowledge my transgressions. He's, I'm, I'm coming clean, Lord. I, would, I, I, sinned, I sinned, Lord God. It was wrong. What I did was wrong. God, I confess my, my sins to you. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you've sinned, instead of trying to cover it or blame somebody else or blaming your circumstances or blaming your past, come clean and confess your sins to the Lord. Confess your sins to the Lord. Lord, I was wrong and I messed up. Forgive me of my sins. It's the way to get clean. For I acknowledge my transgressions. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. And then he gets to the, and against you, Lord, against you only I've sinned. This sin wasn't against Bathsheba or her husband Uriah. Lord, I've sinned against you. 
Lord, what I did was offensive to you. I'm your son, and I offended you, Lord God. Forgive me of my sins. Oh, yeah. You know, we think, oh, I, it didn't hurt. I, what, what, it did, it didn't, what I did didn't hurt anybody. I did this and that, but it didn't hurt anybody, so it was okay. Oh, no, it offends God. Your sin is against God, that's what it is. And, and he's there, and he's a holy God, and he's a loving God, and he's a tender God, and he's a merciful God. He's a just God. But we have to come to him and say, oh God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, it was you that I violated. Lord, it was you I violated when I took that other man's wife. Lord, it was you that I violated when I stole. It was you that I violated when I, when I mistreated this person or that person, when I lied. Lord, it was you that I violated. Amen. Jesus, would you forgive me? And then he says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts. He talks about how he was, con- he was, he was conceived in iniquity. And from, from his mother, it says in, um, in, in verse, uh, verse number five, is it? Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Wow, he's describing something that, that's, that's part of human nature. It's why, why Christ had to become a man. Part of, of who we are, part of what we are, is part of a fallen race. There, there is there's something flawed in every human being. There's a flaw in us. It's a sinful condition. You know, it's, it's, only, it's, only ratified, it's only cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It's only changed by, by new creation when Christ comes into our soul, into our life. But we, 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 are, we are part of this condition. It's in every person that's ever lived. There's not a good person out there. There's not a moral person out there. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not even one. Our hearts are desperately wicked from the day we were conceived. We were conceived in iniquity. It's in our veins. It's in our blood. It's in our DNA. It's in this fallen race. That's why we need a Savior. Oh, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Why? Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. And he says in verse, he says, wash me from verse number two. Wash me from my iniquity and cleanse me from my my sins. I love, think about this for a moment. As a priest, as a priest, he cleanses us. As a judge, he blots out our records. As a creator, he creates in us a new heart. And now here's the power. This is the power of the New Testament. We come to him. We come to him and we come clean. We confess our sins. Then he comes and then he washes us from our sins. He blots out our records. He washes our conscience clean. He washes us clean thoroughly. And then, and then he does something so powerful, so awesome, that none of the religions of the world can even come close to it. He does his, a creative act on the inside of us. It's what David was saying, God, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit inside of me. Lord, I need a new heart. I don't want to live the way I used to live. It's a new creation. We are born again. Old things pass away and all things become new. Born again in the image of Jesus Christ. We become new creatures, new creations in Christ Jesus. Create in me a clean heart, O God. 
Renew a steadfast spirit within me. I have a blog that I wrote last week called New Hearts that I wanted to read. It's, a, it's based on this verse. And it reminds me, I was thinking about this service even this morning when I was praying. It was a, a, it was a morning service back in 1994, 95. And um, I think we were singing that song, if you're in the river, just swim, swim. And it was, it was just like a, a, a wave of joy was hitting the place. It was a wave of relentless, extreme joy was hitting the building. If you're in, and we had a prayer line and people were partying, they were celebrating. And, and this homeless dude gets in, he, he gets in the prayer line, you know, and, and we asked him afterwards why he got in the prayer line. He said, well, I, I know a good party when I see one, you know. And this guy, he was reeking of alcohol, <laughs> reeking of alcohol. He got knocked on the floor. He was laughing like everybody else. And, but that's, that's the guy. It's, I, I often think of this homeless man that got a new heart in church. I'm talking about a physical heart, you know, the kind you have thumping in your chest. He got in the prayer line, reeking of booze, received prayer, and got a new heart. He actually went into the old charity hospital in New Orleans that week for open heart surgery, and to the doctor's great surprise, he didn't need his operation. He got a new heart. Actually, every time someone's born again, they receive a new heart. This is the blessing of Christianity. The Lord gives us all brand new hearts. This is how we change. Our old heart was corrupt, prone to sin. Our, our new heart is different. Our new heart loves God and everything to do with this new life. This guy, Henry Smith, a guy from way a long time ago, speaks about today's verse in this, in this new heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God. David prayed to the Lord to create him a new heart, not to correct his old heart, but to create him a new heart, showing that his heart was like an old garment, so rotten and tattered that he could make no good of it by patching or piecing, but even it must, he must cut it off and take a new. Therefore, Paul says, cast off the old man, not pick him up and wash him till he be clean, but cast him off and be Begin anew as David did. Well, you know what this renewing is? It's the repairing of the image of God until we be made like Adam when he dwelt in paradise. And there is a whole man. So there must be a whole new man. The old man must change with the new man. Wisdom for wisdom, love for love, fear for fear, his worldly wisdom for heavenly wisdom, his carnal love for spiritual love, his servile fear for Christian fear, his idle thoughts for sanctified works. This is the power of the Christian faith. Every religion has high standards and aspirations for man. From Buddhists to Hindus, from Jehovah Witnesses to Hare Krishnas, all of them want men to live more moral and better lives. The problem with, with all of them is this. There is no ability to change the heart. This is the source of all of our problems. Like Jeremiah said, our hearts are desperately wicked. We must be born again. When Christ comes into your heart, you become a new creation. You actually have a heart transplant. Thinking about the drunken homeless man, I have to laugh. The Lord was using this unexpected miracle to prophesy over all of us. This man needed a new organ in his body. All of us need a spiritual heart transplant. If you've been struggling with sin, pray David's prayer. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. So this is, this is his prayer. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And then he goes on to verse 11 and he says, and this was his fear. He says, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. 
You know, to someone who's tasted the anointing, if you've tasted the sweetness, the safety, the power, the love, the acceptance, the holiness in his, in his presence, the greatest, the greatest tragedy that could ever happen in your life would be to lose that. And that's what David was saying, God, I, Lord, whatever, whatever, Lord, whatever, but don't take your presence, whatever. Lord, if I need to be punished, if you need to do whatever, but Lord, don't take your anointing from me. I need your presence. I need your anointing, God. I need to your, this is what my life, your, your loving kindness is better than life. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and, and that will I seek after, God, that, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. This is, this is who I am. This is what I need. You are my all in all. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. You know, as we take communion this morning, as we, as we eat his flesh, as we eat the flesh of the Son of God, we're remembering that that flesh is the veil and the temple that was torn that gives us access into his presence. When we drink the cup of his blood, we're reminded that our, though our sins were like scarlet, now we're white as snow and we're washed and we have access into the holiest of all. We can, we can come in, not for a moment, but for, for a new way to live our lives. We don't have to go back out. Our sins have been forgiven. The sacrifice has been accepted. We can sit together with Christ Christ in heavenly places and drink in his goodness. We can come in and live there this new and living way. And he goes on in verse in 10, he says, um, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me, the power of renewal. You know, most of you, most of you in here have prayed the sinner's prayer at some point in your life and you've been truly, you've been born again. But let's face it, there are times when the slow fade begins to set in. Do you know what I'm talking about? When you might not be quite as passionate as you once were. Any, am I speaking to anybody out there? You, maybe there's times in your life where your faith grows dim and, and other interests begin to crowd to the front of your life and, and you're not as passionate about the things of God and not as passionate about the word, not as passionate about, about church, not as passionate about your spiritual friends or, or the ministry that used, to be, that used to be your life. It was beating in your heart, but somehow, somehow you got off all of that. Well, the danger is not when those things begin to take second place. The danger is where it leads you. It leads you to that rooftop with David, looking at places you shouldn't be looking and falling into the arms of someone's arms you shouldn't be in. Yeah. Or drinking something you shouldn't be drinking or going somewhere, taking something you shouldn't have been taking or, or going through the internet on sites you never should have gone to. And it all started when your heart began to grow lukewarm. Yeah. I'm, don't, don't, I, I'm preaching now, I'm telling you, this is, this, this is where people live. So, so it says, not only create in me a clean heart, but renew, renew, everyone say renewal. Renew, renew in me, Lord God. Make it brand new today. Lord, not back in 1973 when I first got saved, not in 1994 when the Holy Ghost came blowing into our building, but right now, Lord, in November of 2013, renewal in my soul. Lord, renewal, breathe on me, wind of God, breath of heaven, fall fresh on me. Move in my life once again. Lord, let the passion of Christ be in 
me. Let the fire of Pentecost be upon my life. Lord, let there be a renewal in my soul for the things of God, that I would love you with all my heart. I'd have a passion for the word and a passion for your presence. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, I long for your glory in my life, O God. Let me finish this. It says, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed and with the death of Uriah, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. It reminds me of Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. Now this, this, this is awesome. This is absolutely awesome. This, this is not saying that I wasn't guilty. It's just saying that by faith, I have access to supernatural forgiveness. And not only forgiveness, a transfer of righteousness. That the righteousness of the Son of God, the very righteousness of the sinless man that lived on this earth 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth, the sinless man, the only man that lived without sin, who died in my place, who ascended to the right hand of God, is my representative at the right hand of the Father. When I confess my sins and I, I receive forgiveness by faith, there's stamped upon me the righteousness of God. His face is on my face. When the Father looks at me, all he can see is Jesus. He can't see Frank. He can't see anything of who I am or who I was. All he sees is the Son of God. By faith, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Washed in his blood, imprinted with Christ. Seated together in heavenly places. Access into the holiest of all. Here I am right there, right here, right now, right here in the presence of God. He's all around me. He's inside of me. I'm his beloved. I'm beloved by God. I'm accepted by God. Not because of what I was or what I am, but because of who he is and what he's done for me. Accepted by God. The righteousness of God, which I've received as a gift by faith. Then he says, David says, then, he says, then I'll, he says, Lord, this, this new, this becomes my testimony. I'll teach transgressors your ways. Sinners shall be converted to you. My testimony, my testimony will become a sermon. It'll be sung in my family this Thanksgiving. It'll be sung in the, at the Thanksgiving meal. People will look at my life and they'll see the, the shine of Christ on my life. The power of forgiveness. Blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. So deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. The God of my salvation. Lord, I want to testify. Testify of your goodness. My tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Open my lips and my mouth shall, shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God or a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good in, in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem, then you shall please be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. 
Thank you, Jesus. A broken heart, a contrite spirit, he will not despise. So today, we're going to take communion. We're coming, we're, we're, we're stepping a little bit closer. He's saying, come near, my sons and daughters, come near. Come near into my presence. Come near by the blood. He's calling us in, calling us into a place of fellowship with him. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at victoryfellowship.net for service times and locations.